Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And welcome to Bend the Knee, a song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. And we're going to be ranking House of the Dragon episodes according to you, the viewers. Yeah, we asked you guys polls over on our YouTube many times uh, after each episode. And so we ended up, I ended up going through and doing like, you know, having to do the math to figure it out because it's rated out of five stars to see what order you guys felt was the best. Um, So it was a one out of five star ranking for each individual episode. And then I asked you guys at the end what you thought of the whole season. And actually, I don't think it matched up with, uh, it didn't actually match up with the average ranking on the other thing. So I don't know how math works. I don't know how polls work. I just know the individual things and then I went in and did it, okay? (laughs) <laughs> so sometimes the numbers just don't make sense you know sometimes the numbers don't add up i guess but i did add them up and they're they're right but here we go so uh diving in here let me get this into my macbook here so let me get this in here so 10 episodes the lowest was a 4.43 stars the highest was a 4.73 stars it ended up being a 4.5 average for per episode for the whole season. That's pretty good. Sounds like uh, the viewers enjoyed it. And that's a tight margin. Yeah. Oh, some of these are incredibly tight. Um, so at 10th place, we have episode two, The Rogue Prince. You know, I, I was expecting this one to be a little bit lower just for the fact that the pilot was so good. And then on top of that, it was very much a character building episode, a bit of a bridge. And uh, I'm, I'm not shocked. I guess one of them had to come in last place, huh? Yeah, it did. Um, you know, and I remember after when we were doing it live, right? everyone was like oh man it's slow and we're like well you can't, every episode can't be you know crazy <laughs> that was the, but that was one of the things i remember right so following the death of queen emma a uh, weakened viserys targaryen agrees to take a new wife meanwhile damon ignores lord corliss concerns about the conflicts and the step zone so that was kind of what was going mm-hmm. on in that episode right remember al uh allison goes to comfort right uh viserys right and then people are saying oh here's here should be your new wife you know you should take a new wife uh so certainly a um interesting certainly an, uh, an interesting episode not to mention the fact that we got the awkward viserys and lena walked in the garden together which the the silver lining to that awkward walk was the fact that we got to hear about vagar for the first time that was we pretty did. cool yeah yeah so um, let me, so, you know, again, it's, it's in last place, but it's still a 4.43 out of five stars, your guys rating for the episode. So I'd say that's still probably pretty solid, uh, to say the least. Right. I mean, for, 
yeah, coming across, I mean, you know, we weren't sure what to expect firing this, firing the old bandwagon up for these uh, live watch alongs and live reviews afterwards. We were not sure where we would stand as far as the audience goes, because when Ben the Knee was exploding, it was during season eight and everybody mm -hmm. had an opinion. And, you know, it was very much so that a lot of people did not enjoy it. So we were not sure what to expect just from, you know, viewers. Uh, we were hopeful, but. It turned out that it was a pretty consistent experience, I think, throughout the uh, the season with a couple of hiccups, but for the most part, a pretty uh, a pretty consistent show. And it obviously comes through in the evidence of the uh, polls that we ran, which were so fun. So much fun. Yeah. And looking here, IMDB has this as I believe their second lowest as well. So I'd say actually looking at their rankings and I'll try to bring them up. And I guess um, I didn't piece it together and how it would be ranked um oh i guess you can so that makes it easy uh yeah so they had this as their as their second lowest so we were kind of in line with them so okay nice. our number nine spot was episode six the princess and the queen which uh, ended up being a four point so here's the difference Right, so 10th place was a 4.43. Ninth place was a 4.44. So not a big margin, to say the least. Yeah, and I I know that episode six was, you know, most likely going to be one of the tougher ones for us to get through because of the 10-year time jump and the actor switch. Um, actually, my in-laws just told my wife because uh, they finished the season and they loved it. But they were very confused and they were also very sad to see the actor actresses switch, uh, even though I guess by episode 10, they really, really like Rhaenyra. So that's pretty cool. But I think everyone knew that it was going to be a tough sell for right. the time jump. There was also some ringing of the bell in this episode, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, how did that not make my top <laughs> moments? I know, man. Um, so no, so there was that. And then, of course, the, um, this is actually imdb's lowest rated mm -hmm. episode at 8.1 so still pretty pretty solid and i would say we're pretty uh in line at least with our viewers was uh what this ended what this ended up being but yeah you know the time jump i think was kind of confusing for some people especially because i uh ran another i have another poll on our youtube um and i said whose performance as rhaenyra did you like more in house of the dragon 15,000 votes, which is uh, 10,000 more subscribers than we actually, uh, 10,000 more votes than we have subscribers. So if you're one of those people, you know, voting, if you could uh, maybe just hit that subscribe button, really appreciate it. Yeah, just slap it. Just. But 58% uh, Millie Alcock, 42% Emma Darcy, which is about where I expected it. Um, and all of the comments actually are saying, you know, loved both, really don't want to have to choose. But if I had to choose, I think she sort of stood out more. That's interesting because uh, I feel the opposite. I, I feel I, I enjoyed both performances, but after seeing Emma Darcy, I much prefer that portrayal. Their their performance, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So interesting. I think I think it was. If I had to say anything, also the episode itself. You know, you have the time jump, so you have now the older actresses and the you know and the younger actresses, and then of course you also have. Uh, the kids have now grown up a bit too. And that one also starts with that cold open birth scene. Right. Remember? And then her and Lenore are walking and that's a powerful like, moment for Rhaenyra. Right, as a did it, did it hurt? Oh. Right. I mean, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Uh, definitely, you know, definitely. So interesting here. So, okay. So now we have a bit of a jump when we go to number seven, uh, our seventh spot. So counting up here, we have episode four at at King of the Narrow Sea, 4.49. So a little bit of a jump here uh, mm. in terms of in terms of rating. So that means everything else above this, by the way, is also above a 4.49 out of five stars. So King of the Narrow Sea, episode four. Right. Uh, so what's going on in in that episode? Rhaenyra continues her search for a suitable match. Damon returns to King's Landing and stirs more trouble for the king. Rhaenyra learns a valuable lesson. This so is IMDb has it as an 8.5 out of 10. 
Yeah, so I this is probably my favorite of the first five, actually. The first half of the season, this is my favorite episode. This is the one that had um, Rainier and Damon running into Flea Bottom and the show, mm-hmm. puppeteer shows going on, and then Kristen Cole gets gets his, you know, he loses his honor but gains a little something else and, and all that good stuff. I, I really, really like this scene. I actually thought that uh, the way it was shot is one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much. Um, so this probably would be my favorite episode out of the first half. I'm kind of surprised it's this. L- I say low, but it's still well rated. But right. Exactly. I mean, literally, some of these are fractions of a, of a point. Right. I mean, the difference mm-hmm. of so, you know, 10th place out of the 10 episodes was a 4.43. Ninth place was a 4.44. So, I mean, you're talking fractions of points this is a 4.49 and the next spot is a 4.5 and the one above that 4.51 so i mean you're talking like just you know the the tiniest fractions in between um you know uh these these episodes so yeah you know actually you and i i I sent you a message jimmy on twitter earlier today and because we had just done our favorite moments of the season and i said you know actually kind of thinking about it one of the scenes that i felt was maybe a little more lackluster compared to what we saw in the books is the scene of damon presenting the crown of the stepstones to viserys and i think it's just because the art and i'll and I'll try to get it. I'll try to get it pulled up here. It's just a piece of like a song of ice and fire art that it, that's been around for a very long time. So people have used it in thumbnails and everything. And it's just this really awesome piece of artwork. So I'll, I'll, I'll get it pulled up here. But I don't know. I just I see that art and it puts me in the mind and I thought it was actually maybe cooler than what we got in in the show. Yeah, for sure. Because basically what we get in the show is <clears throat> Damon walking back straight up to the throne, bending the knee, presenting the crown. Nice moment for the show. But in the book, uh, he comes riding down on his dragon. Big, massive, right? Big, massive event. I think it happens during a tourney as well, right? I think it does, too. Yeah, looking at the... um, Lots of tourneys. Let me get the artwork. Let me get the artwork pulled up here, too. Yeah, and so it's just this awesome scene, right? The dragons right here. So it's literally, he just flies right here and then of course you know we don't get to see as much of the in back and forth between damon and and viserys and their sort of the complexities to their relationship but it was uh in the book it makes it seem like wow damon's really coming back around and yeah way more grandiose right and I think obviously some things are cut for budget. I think some things are cut to not repeat attorney or something like this. But if if there's one thing I wish I would have been maybe enhanced a little bit from the show, it would be this, this scene for sure. Yeah. And I think also too, because like we didn't see Damon, you know, in, in the previous episode, in episode three, we see Damon, like, you know, kill that guy who uh, brings him the letter from Viserys, mm-hmm. right? Saying, hey, I'm going to so we didn't have that. So here it almost felt like, wow, Damon went and won this war and now he's coming back on sort of good terms. Yeah. Whereas maybe here the moment is not like tarnished, but impacted more by the fact that, no, this is still maybe Damon on Damon's terms, uh, you know, so kind of kind of interesting uh scene there but nonetheless this scene ended up uh you know being in this episode and it was uh, what do we have it here this is number seven episode four the seventh best episode of the season okay so at the number six spot by literally a one you know decimal point here episode one heirs of the dragon 4.5 which by the way let's think about that for a second is crazy that's (laughs) you know i mean you're in the sixth spot at with a 4.5 out of five stars. Yeah. And I thought um, for our viewers in general, I thought the pilot would be a little bit higher because I don't know if you remember that first night when we went live afterwards, I was kicking my feet up in the air. I mean, we were, we were like having random people in the chat. It was crazy. Yeah. It was probably the best, most successful live stream. I think we've ever ran. And uh, it, it was something special, man. It really was because we waited, you know, three years, three or four years and to see it actually come to life on screen and it be something that we could be proud of was a great moment for Song of Ice and Fire fans everywhere, I think. And I thought that this one was going to be like top three or four, but turns out it's number six. It's crazy. Hey, the, hey, uh, well, it's just because, again, it's number six at the one above it is, again, one decimal point. So you're talking two decimal, two, you know, decimal points. Uh, separate five from six because it's literally that close. 
And I rewatched it as I was editing the podcast we did on Sunday that um, I turned you know, I turned them into videos where you and I were talking about our top five moments from the season. And I had chosen the scene of Rhaenyra flying in. It's like, it's not necessarily the opening scene because the opening scene, we get that sort of prologue with King Jaehaerys, which, which is by the sick. way, sick moment and crazy that we got it. And so that's how this Jaehaerys. whole thing started. So awesome that, that that was even included in the first place. But man, I rewatched that scene of Rhaenyra walking, uh, flying in today to get some pictures of it for that episode as I was editing. Man, it is just so cool, especially because the line right before it, right? And it's like 137 years mm. before Daenerys Targaryen. And then boom, and it's it's just such, it was such a good, I thought that episode was so well paced. Mm -hmm. And to even be, I mean, to be a 4.5 out of five, just in general, of course. So that, again, this list is we're breaking down what you guys voted as the best episodes. For this to be everything else to be above a 4.5, that just shows you how just amazing season one, I mean, was. Yeah, we uh, we definitely got lucky here. I think this is legitimately one of my favorite pilots of all time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Better than the Game of Thrones pilot? Yeah, better than the Game of Thrones pilot. Yeah. Because the Game of Thrones pilot, to be fair, does have like... Well, I mean, to, first of all, to be fair, this obviously can piggyback off the success. It's exactly. a, decade, it's a decade later. Right. Computers, everything's better. The Game of Thrones pilot is pretty sweet, though, just because like I really like when like Robert's riding in and everything. And it's like, oh, what's going it's, on? And it's then, a very different tone for sure. Right. The ending of that episode, though, might be might be better than the ending of this because you're just like, what? I mean, that is you can look at that and say that's the tone for the whole show. Is Jamie pushing Bran out the Listen, window? Listen, it might so, be time for a rewatch here on Bend the Knee. It's, it's. I think it is. It I, might. Be I, I think. I think it is here. Comment here, um, TK. Thank you guys for uh, guys. You guys hanging out here in the chat. It's kind of an impromptu uh, thing here. Just uh, doing a Thursday night. I know there's football on too. But he says, I liked how the season opened with the council and the current king, then ends with his uh, dragon. It was a cool callback yeah i need it i we actually need to do a uh, house of the dragon rewatch too now we <laughs> yeah. go back and watch it again watch right? with fresh eyes yeah exactly because you pick up on on things you uh because you know i always rewatched it during the week but now i can go back and rewatch it start to finish and you get to see okay they went this way because it's going to tie into this uh you know to see the things that they set up throughout the maybe we do an 11 hour 10 hour watch along here on watch YouTube. along i'd be down Let's i could do that cheetos and mountain dew and just <laughs> could, uh, could could do that all right here so the number five spot again 4.51 out of five stars is what you guys uh voted on our on our youtube so just a one decimal point higher Episode three, second of his name, right? This is Damon and the sea snack. Mm -hmm. Sea snack. Well, for <laughs> some people, for some people, it really is a snack, right? <laughs> Damon and the sea snake uh, battle the crab feeder. The realm celebrates Aegon's second name day. Rhaenyra <laughs> faces the prospect of marriage. I think her, she was looking at Harwin Strong, like maybe he's going to be a snack. Yeah, and Laris is just waiting for everyone to take off their boots around the fire. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was awesome uh i know that there were some people who were questioning um the legitimacy of the battle scene at the end but for all for all the spectacle and everything that would have was worth i thought episode three was excellent and uh i love that last like one shot with damon no words spoken powerful scene that cemented him as damon targaryen in my head forever so uh i'm glad to see this one high yeah, you know, also, I think that opening shot, too, right, of like, hail, hail Prince Damon, and then, of course, the dragon crushes him, but it's just, it's just so cool, just like, absolutely just fire, just leveling everything was yeah. just, uh, was just such a, a cool, such a, such a cool shot in, in this episode. Was this the White Stag episode? I think this, yes, was, this was. was the hunt. This was yep. the hunt as it was going on as well. And I think, is this the, was this the first time we got to see Tylan Lannister? Yeah. I believe so. Yes. I think yeah. So here comes House Lannister and, and he's like such a you know, he's just such Yeah, because he's kind of questioning the fact right. that if Viserys calls him out. Yeah, Viserys like bite your tongue. 
Listen right. here, buddy. And you're as soon as he's like, "Oh, I'm from House Lannister." Everyone, I, I remember you can go back and watch it on like the live stream. Just like here we get like roll like my eyes, <laughs> legendary. <laughs> uh, all right, let's. Uh, what okay? What IMDb? IMDb had this episode second of his name. They gave it an eight point seven. So I think we're at. We were actually ended up. Our fans actually ended up being. A little bit higher than IMDb, but as well, almost uh, pretty in line. Yeah, it's pretty close. And uh, to give you an idea, second of his name got an eight point seven. So did episode nine of the Green Council. Um, mm. So, okay. and and it makes sense because if you think about, it, those are the two episodes with the most spectacle, in my yes. opinion, and the ones where people are like, I'm not sure if this is actually, you know what I mean. So I'm not not shocked that it's not up in the nines on there, but eight point seven is a a great score. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're into the top five here. So number, our number four spot, the fourth best episode. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Hold on, ten. I got to count here. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like count it down here. Ten, nine, <laughs> eight, seven. Six, this would be number six. four, I believe. No, this is number five. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. That was number six spot. I'm sorry. I counted wrong somewhere. So this is our number five episode is also episode five. We light the way with a 4.54. There's a lot of fours and fives in here. Yeah. So this is where I liked four more than five, but mm -hmm. most people I was in the minority on that. I think a lot of people liked uh, we light the way. Obviously we have the, the feast celebrating the marriage proposal between Lenor and Rhaenyra. And we get that amazing scene of Allison walking in, in the green dress along with the Valerians making their entrance, which was dope. Uh, get all the Joffrey stuff. There's a lot that happens in this episode for sure. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm just now, now I have it. I put my thing in here. So I know, I know what I am actually saying. Uh, yeah. So this was also the last episode of the younger cast mm -hmm. too. Right. And I think we, 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 that, that had been sort of not necessarily spoiled, but talked about on Twitter. So we were kind of watching this man with that context in mind. And this is, you know, the one where Otto Hightower gets the boot. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, we didn't, we don't really talk about her that much. Uh, but young Allison, I think this was probably, this was probably her best episode. I would agree. The performance was excellent. Like I said, when she walks in and she's officially playing the Game of Thrones now and you're hearing houses walk up there, just so you know, like you have our our backing and she's wearing green and that's the color they wear when they go to war and people had forgotten because they're in a time of peace. It's, there's a lot of little stuff there added in. And, uh, you know, also Crispy Cole mm -hmm. going to commit suicide and ends up not because uh, Allison pulls him in. So it, very monumental episode as far as like how things end up developing 10 years later and a uh, good send off for the younger cast. I had to check here. Somebody said muted. Is that on purpose? I'm, I'm I just had to check our audio to make sure we're, uh, no, still we're good. good here. Yeah, we're good. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So episode five, um, you know that uh, when when she right when she walks in and then Damon ends up walking into uh, just a very very interesting just yeah you know, I don't know really interesting scenes that were mm -hmm. you know that that we were that we were getting and then obviously Crispy Cole goes you know we're crazy right is this the episode where Damon also murders his wife it is isn't uh, it yes because then he ends up telling what's his name off. Yes. Yeah. Said I'll be get I'll be getting my inheritance. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Dude. I know. You know. And they. I will say they did. Did they ever really come back to that? Not really. Not yet. But I have a feeling maybe when sides are being drawn, like maybe that'll come up. You know, whenever the, yeah. the war breaks out in season two. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now the number four spot, and I'm uh, at with a four point five seven. I kind of thought this might be higher. But uh, so the number four spot is episode nine, the Green mm -hmm. Council, with a yeah. four point five seven. So it's a few ticks higher here. 
Yeah, I was kind of curious if this one would fall down because you know there was um, that loud minority that really did not like the uh, the um, dragon through the floor, beast beneath the boards. But I thought me, it was awesome. Yeah, me and you have talked about it. We've defended it at this point till we're breathless and purple in the face, uh, and and we love it. So I'm actually okay with this being number four. Maybe it would have been a little bit higher for me, but a top five with with a season this tight, I can't complain. Yeah, I th- I thought the episode was sweet. And again, you know, I talked about it during our in our top five moments. I think Aegon's crowning yes. was super, super cool. Just it's just a spectacle. All of those swords and just the way the camera work is done in that episode. And you're just sitting there loathing the greens, right? Yes. Which is game. That's what Game of Thrones is about. When you have the fact that I'm sitting there and I'm like, I and when as a fan, I'm like, I hate this episode. Right. Like, I absolutely hate this episode because you're seeing the greens win, but it's good. Right. It's such a good thing because I'm hating them as villainous characters. Not like not like season seven of Game of Thrones where I'm like, I don't like this because it's bad. Right. Like this is bad television. It's the total. It's like watching the Red Wedding. You're like, it's my least favorite episode. I don't even want, I don't even like watching the Red Wedding. Right. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. It hurts, man. I can't. Go, I can't, it's hard for it's difficult for me to watch because I feel so bad. I mean, that's Matt, when you know it's so good, man. I'm not going to lie. Whatever, you know, you stick the uh, conqueror's crown on his head and he's lifting the black. I'm like, man, you know what? I, I, I almost I almost made a fist pump. I almost became a traitor that day. Wow. Well, all those people, all those traitorous people in there got with, you know, total, total got what got, they deserved. Got what got what they deserved. Yeah. Let me see. Here. Uh, comment here from Robert saying, and I agree. I love the crowning. I think they put some more humanity into Aegon in the show than there is in the books. He's still a villain, but you understand it a little bit. And I think so too. And I like that. Right. Um, it actually causes me because in the books, Aegon is just kind of a piece. You don't really get anything about him here. In some sense, you I. He's not as bad as, say, Joffrey or Ramsey, right? I mean, he's Ramsey's just a dick, and there's just no other way well, uh, to put it. <laughs> Joff, jo- <laughs> Joffrey is just absolutely uh, crazy, and he was spoiled and allowed to do kind of whatever he wanted. Yeah, and I think Aegon is pretty evil, like especially because he abused the handsmaid or um, the, right. the servant girl. And and, and I'm, I would never defend any of that stuff that he did. But the one thing that they were able to do in this episode is make us relate to Aegon for one of the most tangible feelings a human being can experience, and that's loneliness. When he talks about his father doesn't love him, and he's never, no one likes me, like no one has. I think everyone has kind of experienced that moment where they're like, is anyone on my side? Does anyone care? and that is something that people can like latch into so even on the macro we look at all of Aegon and we're like man he's kind of a bad guy if you look at that episode and especially him going into it within the carriage with his mother I just feel like he is a bit sympathetic in that moment and that is another reason why this episode really worked for me because you could see him feel acceptance for the first time in his life I mean it's a very powerful episode yeah it was I I absolutely loved absolutely loved the episode except for the masari a bit um but uh which I, we both said was our least favorite part of the uh, of of the show but i thought Eamon too Eamon was very was very good in this episode right yeah. uh talking talking about how he wishes almost he's like you know i should be king right i should actually be the one ruling was was kind of cool and i'm glad we got that yeah and especially in this episode Eamon's almost the baby face like Eamon's also almost the person that out of the greens when it's just the greens in that context you're kind of cheering i was cheering for allison Eamon a little bit here like whenever they send and they do the chase throughout the the town or whatever i'm rooting against crispy Colin Otto. hate them hate them all all my friends hate Otto. uh but with this, it's like Eamon was the baby face of this episode to immediately go into being the dastardly heel of episode 10. Uh, really good switch Sh- shows that these characters are complex. Yeah, absolutely. Um, comment uh, a few more comments here, right? Let me uh, dive into these. Uh, Scott says we we see a lot more of what's going on in the city and the foreshadowing of bro versus bro civil war going on. Yeah, Eric and Eric. That was kind of um, Mm -hmm. cool that we got to see that Uh, TK here. Can you imagine how much would change if they granted Aegon's show wish and let Aemond 
take the throne because it was better suited uh, than the dance would be crazier than it already is. Uh, another comment here. Do you think that Aemon would be a better king than Aegon? More qualified for sure, but would he be better? I I don't do. know. I just saw him make I, a big mistake in episode 10. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say, though, I think, though, if if part of Aemon's thing is he, I think, realizes that Aegon's not really that good and that he actually should. Because remember, he's already in love with the sister wife that Aegon gets. Yeah, he probably would be a better king. I don't know that he would rule fairly or justly. Um, it's it's kind of also hard to say because I actually think Aegon might not have actually been that bad of a king. I think he probably would have been somewhat like Robert in that he would have just been like, well, I'm just going to go do whatever I want because I'm the king and there's nothing because he kind of does that anyway. Yeah, even though there's like a even though there's like a war going on. Um, and then Otto and Alicent would have really just been the rulers. And I don't even know, honestly, that Otto and Alicent in the grand scheme of things, if they were if that regime was ruling without the threat of Rhaenyra, I don't know that they really would have been all that bad. It's hmm. a good question. Sounds like some uh, propaganda from Greenside. I don't know how I'm feeling. About uh, I mean, that, but, I, I mean, know. I'm, you know, I just, I, I just think it would. I mean, obviously, because they did rule for a long time under, you know, and we didn't really hear of like, oh, there's all these rebellions and stuff going on during the time in between, the, you know, like bef during Viserys's reign. Yeah, you know, it didn't see. It's kind of like it's kind of like Tywin Lannister. Like you could, the books tell us that Tywin actually was the only thing holding the mad king king off right yeah, for the yeah. longest time he was actually the only thing holding the mad king off so i think it probably would have been like that although i have seen uh like polls i i will post one and i'm sure it's going to be like 99 to one but uh who was a better hand of the king like tywin lannister or uh auto high it's like not even close tywin lannister would absolutely Eat wreck, wreck, dude. It's like not even, it's not even close. Listen, Tywin, <laughs> Tywin Lannister ended a war, right? Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> Otto started one. Yeah, not even, not even remotely close. <laughs> um, I love, I love okay. this stuff. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So number three, I actually am a little shocked by this one. Okay. To be to be entirely honest, because now it's an enormous. We have an enormous jump in our you know fractional points here. So episode or so number four, the fourth spot was episode nine with a four point five seven out of five stars. N the third spot goes to episode seven Driftmark with a four point six six. A four. So yeah. okay, okay. Uh, this I was would the like... this was the funeral, the dark episode where he claims Vagar, and then we get sort of a in a way, a callback to season one, right? Where the king has to preside over kids that have injured each other. Yeah. And and that that whole kid scene into the dispute of the family and Allison showing her true colors. I mean, some of the most gripping moments, like if someone told me that was their favorite moment, like actually, I think me and you may have overlooked that a little bit, huh? When we were making our top five, because now I'm sitting here like, damn, that was a pretty good. That was a good scene. Whenever she slices that was his arm. Yeah, that was good. I, it was good, but I don't know if it hit as hard as the trailer made it seem like it was going to. Now they can see you for what for what you are. It was just so well acted that like, right. especially when they cut over and like you have the uh, it's clear. It's clear as day that they're Harwin Strong's kids. Like it's clear as they're standing next to Coralist and right. it's like, come on. And uh, I don't know that 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 scene has a lot. Also, there's a lot of Viserys there and we all know that Patty is the man. So I, oh, I feel like I may bad. have undervalued this a little bit. I would like to note that our top three are all from the second half of the season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, they are. And I'm surprised at just how big how big the jump was, because the next three the next three episodes like what you consider is like a pretty huge jump compared to. I mean, you have a log jam. I mean, really, you go down. There's. With a point, you know, it's they're all 4.4, .4, you know, going up. And then it's just like a, a few fractional points that could literally separate you being in fourth place all the way to 10th. But yeah. then these top three are like a pretty substantial leap in the terms of, you know, minor fractional points, right? As you want to get in here. So 4.66 IMDb had this at a 9.2 which I think would be their third highest rated uh, episode as well. 
Yeah. So actually, I think we all were we're kind of again, kind of kind of in line with uh, the our fan vote over on YouTube, which all had like more than our subscribers, to be fair, because a lot of these have like 15,000 views. If you guys could just hit the subscribe button again, we'd really appreciate it. But uh, (laughs) but so it's great. So it's people outside of just our, you know, like diehard Game of Thrones fan base that subscribes here on YouTube. So for me, actually, you know what? In all honesty, <laughs> this I think is what is towards my like least favorite episodes. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I'm just, I, of all the episodes in the moments I'm like, Oh, I really want to go back and watch that. I just don't, this is just, this one is just not the one where I'm like, Oh, I really want to go back and watch that. So I think, yeah, I think not, I, it's not bad. It's yeah. it, like it's I would I think I I think I gave this I think this is I gave this like a four out of five uh, on my on my on my ranking, but on my vote for uh, for the episodes, I think it is just, again, the darkness, like really, really dark scene. And they filmed it in broad daylight. Uh, yeah, I did think that was a bit of an interesting, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that I don't know why you would shoot in the day to make it night. This seems kind of silly. Yeah. What do, I don't know anything though. Like these people know, know way more than us. So I, I always like try to default of, well, they probably made right. the better decision, but yeah. Damon and Rhaenyra's wedding, I thought was cool out of this. And then mm-hmm. I do think, uh, Aemon claiming Vagar was, you know, Sick. you know, was cool, but I don't know. Maybe it was just the, I don't know. For whatever reason, this was just not the one I was, uh, most into. Yeah. So, Okay. So our number two spot. So now you're talking about, again, a pretty significant jump from a 4.66 average to a 4.7 average, which is crazy. I mean, that alone uh, is just is just crazy. Uh, this is, I think, actually, this is where we begin to differ because IMDb has this as the best episode of the season, which is season one, episode eight. And I'm surprised that this wasn't our number one. And actually, the one above it is actually even more substantially higher. Almost like, I mean, you're getting like almost perfect rating. But uh, this was like Jimmy and I's, I think, favorite episode. Uh, But uh, the King Viserys episode, Lord of the Tides, 4.7 still is pretty insane. That is insane. But I cannot believe this isn't number one. I mean, like I've, I've said it multiple times now, but this is one of my favorite episodes of any all of game of thrones yeah Yeah, i mean just incredible um but hey you know what i'm glad that people love the next episode even more i mean that's great that's good news that's that's what you want really when you're wrapping up a a seat this thing patty was so good in such a surprise Mm -hmm. for me at least uh wasn't sure i I felt about him getting cast Uh, not that he wasn't a good actor i just wasn't sure right yeah i'm unfamiliar with him to be yeah, I'll absolutely crushed it. This ep- this episode was just so absolutely phenomenal. Not only the stuff with him walking in, I even think the 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 scenes of of the um, feast that they were having. There was just so much cool symbolism in this. Like when he's sitting there and he's getting, they're kind of like you know putting whatever they're putting on him and and trying to get him ready for dinner. And you have like the seven pointed star like casting wow. light down on him, and he tells Otto, you know, no. I don't want anything. I want to do that. So, and I, I love the Vaymond, uh, you know, keep his tongue out of nowhere. Like, wow, that was crazy. Had a little bit of everything in this one. Yeah. Just such a, just good episode. Even, even Luke being an absolute moron, uh, <laughs> sending, sending, uh, <laughs> sending Amon to the, the pig. Like, I don't know why yeah. he thought that, why he thought that, that at all was a good idea. And, um, yeah, talk about f around and find out. And then on Twitter, I will say this: this was one of my favorite episodes, at least on Twitter. Uh, just the the fan response, see what's going on, because I found this Twitter account that's called the Greens, and it's just like they're just they're it's clo- totally like a meme account, and they're just and they're totally just like we're just all green propaganda. And they posted the shot of Damon standing there when Eamon a- and looks like him might go to toe to toe, and then Eamon walks away. <laughs> and I remember the 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 post they said and they said yeah damon was shook and everyone's like dude <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> here's a question for you i've seen people uh, speculate this do you believe that the dinner scene where they're all getting along and otto is actually like making jokes and allison's mm-hmm. laughing and stuff 
do you think that that was shot in a manner where it's actually Viserys having a hallucination? Oh, I, I thought that was a really that. cool theory. I don't necessarily know if it's true, but like people are saying I, that they never, they never really got along. And it was just because as soon as Viserys cause leaves, because it's through Viserys's eyes. Wow. Yes. That like, is, that is an amazing, I will say I did see a quote from Olivia cook saying that the shot of mm-hmm. her and laughing is like totally something else. Like, I think it was like somebody on the side. I think maybe even like it's auto. It what, yeah. Did he say he said it, it's like, he's I mean, like from like in the filming. And, yeah, yeah. He's, he's making her laugh and she literally says, stop making me laugh. And they use that clip that was like, right, like extra footage. music over it. Right. Yeah. I also read that the, that Viserys's crown wasn't even supposed to fall off when he's walking up. But they just but the, both actors just went for it. And so they just went with like. It's so awesome to see sometimes like just how like you don't expect something and it ends up being the the thing. So interesting. Yeah. So IMDB had this at a 9.4. They had episode 10, which is our number one at a 9.3. So just a fraction of a point there for us. Kind of a huge swing, though. This had the most number one votes on our entire list. On, from our fan vote and has a 4.73 uh average wow. so that's like wow. even a higher jump so as close as all these things have been there have been a couple big breaks um at least in terms of like a, you know you're talking a few points here but yeah so the black queen and i guess i would have to say maybe i don't know maybe it was uh just because we finally got to see dragon versus dragon and it was one of the things everybody really wanted also, just that last 10 to 15 minutes was essentially a monster movie. It was beautifully shot. The music was excellent. And yeah, we see like the literal first chomp of the dance. And uh, I, I, I can see why this landed so well. And do you think that there's a little bit of this impact coming from the fact that the last time we saw a Game of Thrones television show and their final episode, it didn't go well? <laughs> And this yeah. time it was like a brief, you know, everything is going well, but it could all fall part of the end. But the finale was solid, in my opinion, was phenomenal. And maybe it's just a big sigh of relief and people loved it. And, and not to mention, I mean, the final scene is very powerful with Rhaenyra's face. I mean, that, that, that's a haunting image that mirrors what we saw in the first episode of her face as well. So I, I, I'm not shocked that it's high. I'm shocked that it beat episode eight. But like I said, that's good. That bodes well. Yeah. So, yeah, that does. I mean, again, the lowest episode, which was the Rogue Prince on our fan vote, and I think I'll even pull up IMDb, but IMDb didn't have a single one below an eight out of 10. Uh, so, we were actually quite a bit higher overall, but for us, it was a 4.43 was the lowest and a 4.73. So, I mean, you're talking an absolute amazing season one yeah. or a four. I mean, to not even have a three star episode yeah right out of five i mean that's insane and this isn't even four star this is 4.4 so i mean really then the whole then the entire season averaged out to be you know a 4.5 which is like i mean you can't you can't ask for there is i don't think there's any show that i can go and look at that is like the season a season a single season is an absolute perfect five out of five yeah uh, not many shows could achieve that i was actually looking back through the game of thrones imdb to see like where it kind of like started to go off the rails. And it's interesting, like there's some dips into the sevens with season five. And I think even season six, season seven, really strong overall with I this is IMDb I'm talking about. And then obviously episode, uh, season eight had a ton of, of low ratings. Uh, but I went back and looked at season one and season one of Game of Thrones has a 9.6 episode, which is episode nine. And then it has a 9.4 for the last episode. So it actually had an episode that ties the highest of House of the Dragon in season one and one that beat it. And it also never had a an episode go below, I think, an 8.7. I might be wrong mm. on that. Um, yeah. So on IMDb standards, they actually ranked season one of Game of Thrones a little bit higher, uh, which is interesting because I feel like I've seen I think we did a poll right on our channel and. Oh uh, yeah, we uh, we did. Let me let me. I'll pull that up here. Here I have um, it. Here our viewers. Uh, we asked, you know, which season one was better, Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon? And sixty three percent of you uh, casted your vote to say House of the Dragon. Thirty seven percent said Game of Thrones, and that was with seventeen thousand votes. 
Um, Which again, hey guys, uh, for those of you guys watching, hit the subscribe button, man. That's like three times more than we have subscribers, which is just crazy. But yeah, uh, in the comments, there's 120 comments in there. Was absolutely some people are saying recency bias, and yeah, of course, um, mm -hmm. there's obviously budget. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of that stuff um, to to take into consideration. But I think over, I think start to finish, even you know. Um, I think I do actually like House of the Dragon season one more, hmm. even although maybe for maybe for a few reasons. One, Game of Thrones to me, we've talked about our book rankings. Actually, I don't know if we've I don't know as and I did that. I don't know if, if you and I have actually done it on 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 here to talk about which which books we we prefer the most, because I actually have Game of Thrones as my second favorite book. Um, I just think it's just so good. And I think, I think it's just, it's such a gripping sort of almost single narrative through the journey of Ned Stark that, uh, I, it's just start to finish. I think it's just, I think the second best book in the series, obviously behind, uh, Storm of Swords hmm. here though, I kind of remember going in, but like before house of the dragon thinking, man, season one of house of the dragon. Like I'm excited for it and it's going to be Game of Thrones, but the content they're going to be covering. Like if you had told me this is where we're starting, this is where we're finishing before I'd seen any trailers or anything, I might be like, oh, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> the book, the context in the book, it's like, yeah, some of that stuff is cool, but I just don't know that it's going to be. It needed to be flushed out and we weren't sure how the flushing out would go. All right. We didn't know that Patty Constantine even George R. Martin was going to say it's going to be better than my than my Viserys in the books. You know, I didn't. You know, if you had told me before any of the castings, like oh Matt Smith is going to be Daemon Targaryen, I'd be okay. Well, now man, right? So yeah. just to, <laughs> to think about it, right? From like the just the book context, book this block of the Dance of Dragons versus the book block of Game of Thrones, I'd say there's no way. But I think that because this to me is even better than the books mm -hmm. it's like man i think i am on i think i am on uh on that i mean game of thrones season one has some absolutely amazing moments right don't get me wrong yeah getting and... to see the wall for the first time obviously getting the wolves ned stark rob king in the north serial pharrell is i think even cooler than in than in than in the books obviously robert Baratheon is super cool, but I think actually I could go back and I could really pick it apart and say, yeah, but this was better in the books. This was better in the books, but the books are more fleshed out here. The books are less fleshed out. So it gives more opportunity for the show to shine. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a tougher adaptation. I mean, one of the reasons why season one of game of Thrones was so successful is that it did follow George's template, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, very faithful adaptation as far as uh, fidelity to the source material goes. So uh, that, that definitely helps for me. I, I actually like season one of game of Thrones a little bit more. And for the simple reason that uh, what George accomplished in game of Thrones in publishing, right. And in, in the fantasy right. genre in the nineties was something that people, you know, David Gemmel had written some pretty gritty stuff. And also uh, Glenn cooks, black company was also considered, you know, pretty dark at the time, but George like really took everyone on one way and then flipped it on its head. Right. And it was the first time really since Tolkien that I think people felt that grandioso world building happening. So it, it, it was just a different feel, right? And it, it revolutionized modern fantasy in a lot of ways. And then here comes the Game of Thrones show, you know, however many years later, 15, 12 years later, something like that. And all of a sudden it has now flipped television yeah, on its head. Totally changed, totally changed everything. Yeah. And for it to do that in two different mediums at two different time points is an yeah. incredible feat. It has literally changed the way television. Um, I shouldn't say all shows, but shows that are meant to be taken seriously, especially fantasy shows. Uh, it's just changed the game. So for me, I think season one of game of Thrones, especially on the budget that they were on, like they had to cut out the battle <laughs> Tyrion gets right. knocked out because they didn't have enough money. And also the pilot was a mess apparently. And they had to reshoot it and all this stuff. So just the feat of getting, a fantasy show on HBO to get a season two is crazy to me. Um, yeah. I, I also just think the beheading of Ned Stark is so monumental. Right. Like so, so monumental. So not to say I didn't love house of the dragon season one. I did. 
But yeah. for, for me, Game of Thrones season one is is it's yeah. To be fair, it's also a much more straightforward narrative, right? I mean, it's super tight, yeah. Because it's not there's no there's not the time jump. It's a murder mystery, right? dude. It's a murder. It, well, mystery. it is it is a murder mystery. I mean, episode one. I mean, ep- episode one, right? I mean, we see the start off with the White Walkers, right? Whoa, the prologue. Like, the prologue, so good. And then we get to go to the wall and they're exploring the world. Daenerys has her dragons. Khal Drogo is there. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot, like just even outside of Westeros. I think one of the, um, Catelyn capturing Tyrion too is like the perfect sort of mid-season, like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like, because now you're like hooked. For me, when I actually think of what might be the best moment in Game of Thrones season one, uh, you know, it's probably Ned Stark. But what's the most important moment? Maybe Jamie pushing him. Maybe Jamie pushing Bran. But I would say easily, like, I don't know. I Really, if you want to say about it, like, ma- most important moment might honestly be Catelyn capturing Tyrion. Because that happens at just the perfect spot in season one to keep everyone hooked. for Because that's like the middle, like, oh, my God. Like, you just might have started a war. Well, there's a cascade, right? Like, and this right. is something that George R. R. Martin's very good at. But he cascades consequences. So, like, you have the push out the window. You have the capturing of Tyrion, which then leads to the battle between Jamie and Ned. And and obviously in the show, it's a little bit different. But these things kind of compile on each other. And you, and you look back and you're like, oh, no, it messed up there. Oh, no, it messed up there. Oh, no, it messed up there. And you can go all the way back into the first episode. House of the Dragon has this as well. Like I had a lot of people you know, online saying, and I was one of them. I wasn't sure how I felt about Allison misunderstanding the Aegon thing. And that, and people were saying that started this whole thing, but not really. If you think about it, so many other bad decisions have happened to that point that like it was inevitable to the fact that when Allison walks into the council room and says Viserys is dead, they <laughs> her all, all the small council, they already, they were moving ahead. They were going to crown right. Aegon, whether or not she had misconstrued. The only thing she could have done at that point has been not a part, right? Like I'm not a part right. of this, which auto would have just locked her in a tower. <laughs> she's right. lost. She's went mad with grief over Viserys and she can't be seen. And then he would have put a gun on the throne anyways. So, right. You know, it's, well, it's one of those things that like you, it's, it's really hard to point at one thing in either of the season ones and go, you know, that is that, that is the, um the inciting event. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it's also interesting too, because I think, one of the reasons I'm I'm loving some of the choices they're making, because again, the text we've talked about this is told to us through Mushroom and Grand Maester Munkin, right? So it's like it's an Archmaester Gildane. So it's totally like this, just yeah. a few people's accounts, and it is is what it is. But you look at say Alice at misinterpreting the dream, then you have uh Aemon not really meaning to kill Luke and the dragons acting on their own, because a lot of times that's what happens in war, right? I mean. I'm a history major. I can tell you that there's a lot more that caused World War One than just like Archduke Franz Ferdinand that's got right. killed. That right. Great. I mean, but like that's, that's right. still kind of that's still ultimately what they kind of like teach you is like yeah, it's a massive World- moment <laughs> that that right. and if it wasn't that, it would have been something else. Right. And everyone was just allies with each other. So, well, we got to go to war. I mean, yeah. but it's uh, sometimes it is stuff like that that actually happens that mm-hmm. causes like, uh oh, well, now we gotta, like go to war. I mean, so it's. It is kind of, you know, interesting. And, and don't the they, small the people suffer it. from the elites little games? Like, right. I mean, it's frustrating to me because I look back through all these, the history of war and everything. And it, it comes down to a couple people saying, yeah, this is worth losing millions. Like we're going to lose right. millions of lives for this. We're going to, fu- right. we're going to battle it out. Right. Over dumb, over totally dumb stuff. And to be fair, I think, uh, you know, they are doing a job with the green side to be like, yeah, okay. They craned, they crowned Aegon. Um, which to me is totally an act is totally an act of war, but they didn't draw first blood. I mean, you really want to go look at it. I mean, Allison's side has actually drawn way more. Rhaenyra's side has drawn way more blood and first blood, right? I mean, Luke attacks Aemond, yeah, and then also Luke attacks Aemond again. I mean, it's his dragon that sh- that shoots fire at Vagar. Well, hey, that that was Arax's decision, okay? Right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but still. So I do think it's cool the way they're kind of portraying this to make it make you see like, oh man, like this mistake happens and then mm-hmm. this happens. And 
so i i, th- I think it's cool but um so any uh any things in our rankings here jimmy the fan rankings you find interesting or disagree with or you think you're pretty much on the same same page well I, the one thing i feel a little bit vindicated by is the fact that if you look at the top five i think only one episode is from the first half of the season right is that correct yeah so yeah so let me count down again so from 10 to one so again i'm so I'll say that so 10th place is episode two, ninth place is episode six, eighth place is episode four, seventh place is episode one, sixth place, episode three, fifth place, episode five, fourth, episode nine, three, thirds place is episode seven, second place, episode 10, first place, episode, uh, or second place, episode eight, first place, episode 10. So some that I think I would have had higher. Um, for me, I mean, I almost have episode one as like in my top three. Oh, wow. uh, I just, I just think it was just such a good opening. And again, you look at the breakdown of some of these, I mean, from the, okay. So from four to 10, really, that's where the big shift happens. I mean, you're talking, it's a 4.57 to 4.43. So some of those are literally like one point that, that totally shifts around the whole deal. But I think for me, my, my top three episodes would be number eight as number one. And then I might have, I might have uh 10 as my episode, my, my second favorite. And then I think I'd probably have episode one as my third favorite. Yeah. I think I'm pretty close to what the viewers uh, had voted on for the show, for the show. I would have had four at five most likely. And then yeah. I think I would have said I'd have nine. Yeah, you have have, nine real high. I'd have I'd nine nine at the number four spot is perfect for me. I think it could it could it could go in my top three. Just kind of depends really how I'm I'm thinking about it. But uh, yeah, ones I think for me, I don't know what it was, but uh, fans voted episode seven drift mark is the third best for me. That's probably down towards like the eight or nine spot for me. Yeah, I I would probably keep it right where they had it. The only difference is I would ha- take eight, put it to one, put ten to two, and then change out the five spot for episode four. I really liked episode four. Uh, one of the reasons why I liked it is because it was an episode with a ton of sexy time in it, but it was shot much differently than Game of Thrones, and they talked about mm-hmm. that in the behind the scenes afterwards. And uh, I just appreciated it. I thought it was really well done. Um, I really liked a lot of the direction in that episode. So I think that that we're I'm pretty close to what our fans voted on. But the thing I found interesting is that the top four spots were all second half of the season, yeah. which is funny because do you remember the trepidation people had going into yes. the second half? Like, uh, I'm out. I remember, I mean, episode six, and it is the lowest ranked one, um, at least on IMDb. It, 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 we had a couple people jump in live chat say, I'm done with this show. I can't believe they switched the actors. This is right. BS. And, and yeah, episode six oh, episodes. So I, it, what it really shows you though, is it's not only just the Rhaenyra and Allison actors with the younger, with the younger cast. It was really the full, when Aegon and Aemon and Luke and all of them age up. Yeah. Uh, because all of those episodes, which would be with the older younger kids right because you had because six and seven right were the younger um alicent mm-hmm. kids right um where what's his name david Tennant's son plays Aegon. Kill. that was that was that was episode six and seven so nine eight and ten has like older aemon and i think man it's just that aemon actor is just so freaking good yeah all, uh, all, all the Aegons have been great by the way thus far yeah. even the little baby Aegon. i'll give him i'll They've give them been great yeah so really what it shows is now that we have this full cast i mean all of those episodes so nine eight and ten are all above 4.57 so very uh very interesting and going into season two i'll continue to say it here um going into going into season two you have one ultra important casting and you have to yeah. get this right because the the back half of the show, right? Like seasons three and four, especially season four hinges almost entirely on your casting of this character. And I don't know who they've picked, but man, maybe we could just get the actor who plays Eamon and give him like dark, dark hair and have him show up as Craig as Craig and Stark because he's so freaking good, but they've crushed the casting so far. 
So whoever you're going to cast as Craig and Stark has to be like the most pivotal, important character. Yeah. Oh, they've definitely already cast them. Uh, comment here because they're fi beginning filming uh, in like early 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Craig and Stark is one of the most badass characters in all Song of Ice and Fire and they need to do it justice. He's I gonna, feel he's going to be he's going to be way more badass in the show. Listen, we got a Baratheon in season one and I was nervous because, you know, it me, was a great I, casting. It was a great casting and I was nervous, but they they delivered. So I have I have very good faith in uh, the casting choices and i think craig and stark is going to wow a lot of us uh and it yeah, a lot it, depends on him so it's probably going to be somebody we have no idea who it is we will have we have no idea it'll be like i don't honestly outside of um matt smith i was really kind of unfamiliar with a lot of this cast yeah which is always fun too right that happened in game of thrones right. you know macy williams and uh i mean graham mctavish you know but but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of cast, a lot of this cast, I was pretty unfamiliar with. Yeah, and and they all did a wonderful job. They really did. Uh, a, a question here, um, actually, just as I typed in Craig and Stark, will Craig and Stark have a dire wolf? I think they will because well, yeah. <laughs> just because sell that merch, boy. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, whatever. He could ride one in for all I give a shit. I'm bad ass. I'll take it. He I'll could put a saddle so, on him. It'd be so down. That wasn't so, in the book. <laughs> so down. Ah, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you guys all so much for hanging out uh, here on a Thursday night, and if football's on and other stuff's on, and we did, I did drop a half hour video earlier today, so you can go uh, yes. check that out as well as podcast. Dropped a Patreon episode last night. We're going to be doing our Patreon hangout at the end of this month, so stay tuned because we have so much more content. I mean, we still have to do all of the breaking down of House of the Dragon. We're going to have to come back and just do a direct comparison of a House of the Dragon versus Game of Thrones season one. That's got to be its own sort of standalone thing. Uh, then we have another bigger project for it's going to take some time, but uh, working yeah. on that. So stay tuned because it's going to be, gonna be fun. fun. Yeah, one's gonna that be one's definitely, that one's definitely that one's definitely going to be fun. Probably the biggest. So with that, guys. Uh, so I was to say probably the biggest bend the knee project in recent memory. I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So with that, as always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for a lot more Song of Ice and Fire content. And hey, season two, we know we're going to Winterfell in house of the dragon so with that winter is
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 